Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 19, Leading with Simplicity Banish wisdom, discard knowledge, and the people shall profit a hundredfold. Banish humanity, discard justice, and the people shall recover love of their kin. Banish cunning, discard utility, and the thieves and brigands shall disappear. As these three touch the externals and are inadequate, the people have need of what they can depend upon. Reveal your simple self, embrace your original nature, check your selfishness, curtail your desires. That's verse 19 of the Tao Te Ching translated by Lin Yutang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one says, banish the importance of wisdom, knowledge, values, cunning, and profit. And part two says, well, okay, if you've done that, then here's how you proceed. <laughs> all right. So I just want to acknowledge here that, wow, like reading all of this, banishing wisdom, discarding knowledge, banishing humanity. This, I mean, come on, really? What are we saying here? What? What? Lao Tzu, please tell me that there's like a different message here, please. Because, <laughs> I mean, that seems really like counter to what we as a society and a civiliz you know, world civilization like believe in. Like, what is he saying here? Well, we don't have to go that far uh, to kind of see what he's saying. 
And I think that it's still in line with everything that, that we've been comfortable with so far in terms of, you know, finding solace within the Tao. So when we talk about banish, so this is part one, right? So banishing wisdom, discarding knowledge, banishing humanity, discarding justice, banish cunning, discarding utility. Uh, wow. That's like a lot, man. But here's, here's the thing. I think if we put a little tiny word in front of all those things, then we'll come out with maybe a better understanding. And that tiny word is importance. So what if we said banish the importance of wisdom, discard the importance of knowledge, banish the importance of humanity and discard the importance of justice, discard or banish the importance of cunning and discard the importance of utility. So really what I think here is that when Lao Tzu is talking about these notions and these values, I think what he's saying is that the importance that we place on these things is what's actually the destructive thing. It's not the things themselves, right? Okay, so if that's kind of a good news story <laughs> for the rest for the rest of um, for the rest of humanity, I suppose, as as told to us in the Tao Te Ching, the second part is all right, cool. If I've banished the importance and discarded the importance of all this kind of stuff, what then? And in classic Lao Tzu fashion, the the Tao Te Ching says, well, don't even look at it. Don't even consider that. Consider this other thing instead. So look the opposite direction, basically. And that's when we're talking about the second part. Reveal your simple self. Embrace your original nature. Check your selfishness and curtail your desires. That's how you proceed once you banish the importance of those other notions, right? So counterintuitive, <laughs> but um, it's beautiful in my opinion, um, because it's counterintuitive in a holistic way, meaning that the whole thing like doesn't seem to make sense. But once we kind of add that little twist to it, everything just beautifully follows into place. Okay. So to wrap that up, let's remember that verse 19 has two parts to it. Part one is basically telling us banish the importance of wisdom knowledge values cunning and profit and then part two says well okay so once you've done that this is our recommendation on how you can proceed so let's go ahead and put that back together i'll read verse 19 one more time banish wisdom discard knowledge and the people shall profit a hundredfold. Banish humanity, discard justice, and the people shall recover love of their kin. Banish cunning, discard utility, and the thieves and brigands shall disappear. As these three touch the externals and are inadequate, the people have need of what they can depend upon. Reveal your simple self, Embrace your original nature, check your selfishness, and curtail your desires. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering leading with simplicity. There are two things. Number one, 
is making peace with leaving importance behind. And number two is that without that importance, we act with our natural tendencies in harmony with the Tao. Making peace with leaving importance behind. This 19th verse and the way I'm experiencing it is a very nice continuation of the last two verses. So if you've been following, you'll recall that verse 17 talks about four different leadership types, emphasizing that leading with a Tao is the best way to lead. Verse 18 showed us that each type of leadership has its own set of consequences. And we concluded that leading others, and according to their own natures, allows the greatest result for the effort. Now, verse 19 tells us pretty much how to do this. However, if you're like me, and we had that bit of a shock in the very beginning of reading the verse, you might have found this to be a little uncomfortable. I did. (laughs) In understanding the Tao Te Ching, I have found many passages to run counter to our conventional wisdom until after I've considered the meaning as it pertains to what I've experienced with the Tao. And this verse is no different. In fact, it's kind of quintessential. (laughs) Lao Tzu is advocating for the abandonment of things which we hold dear in 2020. Knowledge, wisdom, humanity, justice, cleverness, and profits. Isn't our entire society both domestically and internationally based on the idea of commerce? And aren't knowledge and wisdom just natural byproducts of that? So at first glance, I'd be tempted to throw this whole thing out, (laughs) thinking that Lao Tzu had lost it. But upon further consideration, I'm convinced that we can reconcile being okay with these things while still following the Tao. I'm not saying we should ignore the teaching, Nor am I saying that we should dismiss our current civilization's modalities just to live in another time. I am saying that, love it or hate it, society and civilization have progressed to the current states, likely to the possible chagrin of Lao Tzu. But there we are. As far as I know, there's no method, of which I am aware, that will allow us to go back in time. It's only going forward. And with that in mind... I advocate making the best of what we've got to deal with while we're still practicing the Tao. Okay, so how does one exactly abandon wisdom and discard knowledge? I mean, wouldn't that be foolish, especially bearing in mind some of the incredible advances we've made in the last 2,500 years? I don't think we have to. I think we can continue to pursue these things, but there's a part of them I feel we can work on leaving behind. And that is simply the importance that we place upon such notions. So wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So basically, technical knowledge plus experience. And knowledge is the theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. Those definitions are courtesy of a Google search. What's exciting about this, especially in 2020, is that wisdom and knowledge are kind of commoditized because of the internet. We've basically got everything humankind knows in our hands now. So everyone who's got connectivity mostly has access to all the knowledge and wisdom that she needs. I said this was exciting because for the first time in millennia, we're able to de-emphasize the importance of owning such wisdom and knowledge. To be smart, all you need is a phone. 
And not even a phone, just an internet connection and a browser. No longer is it a requirement for self-esteem to actually know stuff. We only need to look it up. Knowledge and wisdom, because they've been shared many times over, have now lost the luster and power they once possessed. I think the best thing we can do is to allow this to continue and be mindful as we go along. So, yeah, we've kind of de-emphasized the importance of knowledge and wisdom. So now, what about humanity and justice? Hmm, values. The definition of values. I mean, we've got words for a reason. They're standard concepts on which we can all agree. I mean, words help us keep that knowledge and wisdom accessible, don't they? Words are also limiting sometimes. How often have you been talking with a friend only to realize at the end of the conversation that you've been discussing two separate thoughts? Or, as it is more often the case for me, I'm arguing about something and after listening to the other person, I've realized that we've been actually talking about the same thing, just from different angles. So, if general everyday interactions are imprecise, it would follow that values would be just as susceptible to gross misunderstandings. I think we only need to review just the last 100 years of world and military history to find support for that conclusion. Here's the thought. What if justice means different things to different people? And perhaps a degree of importance I attach on that word differs in intensity with my friends or loved ones or colleagues' definitions of it. I can clearly see how, in this case, conflicts would arise. In 2020, I think the temptation is to revere whatever values we say are important to us. Only the problem is that this leads to justification of acts committed in the name of whatever value we're trying to uphold. That's when some people benefit and some people get hurt, which, if accepted, leads to rules, which leads to exceptions, which leads to disagreements, arguments, and violence. Thereafter, it's a very short time indeed until atrocities and crimes against humanity itself are committed by, quote, both sides. The point I'm trying to get at is that in order to be tolerant, compassionate, and understanding, we would do well to lessen the amount of importance we place on these values individually. For the amount of people we've got in the world today, and the current way we govern ourselves and each other, I feel like striking these values from our collective vocabulary would be disastrous. <laughs> so we should totally keep them but not in a way that seems counter to the Tao. Personally, I can place my own opinion of these values in a lesser regard and listen to others and their opinions. And in so doing, I may discover a richer, deeper meaning of them. I may discover that we all kind of mean the same things and that we really care about the same things. By abstaining from injecting my ego into defining and embodying these values, I can probably increase understanding with those around me. And just like connectivity has made knowledge and wisdom available and a tool only, I feel like seeking to understand others' values will lead to the realization that we are actually more similar than we give ourselves credit for. So let's talk about profit and cleverness. In 2019, I experienced a gradual epiphany. 
I say gradual because it took a few months to experience, observe, practice, and conclude what I'm about to share. At the beginning of that year, I found myself wanting to make money. I knew how business worked and I knew about finances. I knew how to create value in content, products, and software. I even had a couple of prototypes that I could have continued working on. The problem was that I was really having trouble connecting with customers. I was creating tools and solutions and they wouldn't get the kind of traction that I thought they should and it got very discouraging. So I'm sitting there trying to come up with the idea that would change the world and I eventually found it, but it was a hundred miles away from where I saw it was. For whatever reason, I decided that I would set aside my money-making projects and actually I remember it was because I had gotten so tired of failing at that. I decided I would just take a break and use my time to help others out. After about a month or two doing this, something happened. I actually started to have an impact, connect with customers, and even made a little money. One could postulate that I quit trying so hard, and that would be accurate. One could also say that instead of concentrating on cleverness and profit, I became truly useful and therefore helpful to others. So the problem was that I was using my cleverness and business savvy for me only. It was only after I started using it for others that I started to see income. So when Lao Tzu says to set aside cleverness and profit, I feel that once again, he's asking us to place less importance on them as we go about our lives. Of course, finances are necessary to run a business. Nonprofits must continue to function, so even they need money. I think the idea we can work towards is the one where we place less emphasis on the bottom line and more emphasis on actually helping others. That seems totally doable. Still operating business, but also doing it in harmony with the Dow. So if we're taking those things out of what we're doing and we're actually leading with non-action, we don't want to get complacent and lazy, right? That's not really the point. What we want to do is look towards a different direction and say, okay, well, now that we've abandoned those ideas, what can we look towards that won't, that won't lead us into the same trap? And so that's what the next section is about. Without placing importance on those things, we act with our natural tendencies in harmony with the Tao. What's really great, in my opinion, is that after Lao Tzu tells us to abandon and set aside those things we just discussed, he gives us a direction in which to look in order to replace our ambitions. And that's in the last part of this verse. He says, simplify yourself, embrace your original nature, check your selfishness, and abandon desires. This isn't really the first place we've seen verses that talk about this. Verse 3 talks about right-sizing our ambitions. Verse 7 talks about abandoning our identities. And verses 11 and 13 discuss being useful and serving others. So what he prescribes here is a recurring theme that we'll continue to see in upcoming verses as well. Simplifying ourselves seems pretty easy to do since we're simplifying. (laughs) But we're being encouraged to begin this long process of deconstruction. Deconstruction of our senses of self, in my interpretation. And how do I start doing this? Where do I start? What's the process? 
I feel like this takes more work for some than others, and I'm one of those people who need more work. I needed to go through a lengthy process just to be convinced I needed to do this. <laughs> Suffice to say that everyone's method looks a little different, but I did notice some similarities that I can pass on. Number one is that it never stops and I never arrive. Number two is that growth really is just this long process of shedding ego or letting go. And three, many people have come before me, and so I get to learn from them. I don't have to do this by myself. There are so many things to listen to, watch, stream, read, go to, etc., Personally, I've looked for and connected with a group of friends with whom I can discuss spiritual matters. I'll use Reddit and Facebook to connect with others when I can't see them face to face. I do enjoy reading spiritual books as well as self-help books. Just 15 or 30 minutes a day is all I need. I've developed a spiritual practice that allows me to dismantle that sense of self. And that practice has helped me to carry out the advice Lao Tzu gives us at the end of verse 19. It helps me practice embracing my original nature. And put another way, it helps me to develop and nurture self-love, which is so important for leading a meaningful life. It helps me curb my selfishness. I found my selfishness to be the primary cause of my own suffering, and a practice helps me to be less selfish and therefore suffer less. <laughs> it's so simple, right? So simple, but it took me so long to figure this out. <laughs> My practice helps me to abandon my desires, desires for the fulfillment of my perceived corporeal needs. I'm so much more efficient when I'm not going around and wanting things. People are more enjoyable, more creative, and I experience flow a lot more. Verse 17, 18, and 19 have been this great and wonderful look at how to use the Tao to improve our leadership styles. Remember that we are leaders in everything we do and that we can keep in mind that we have choices. Lao Tzu urges us to lead with the Tao and abandon the things that cause disharmony, and he advises us to simplify ourselves, embrace our original natures, check our selfishnesses, <laughs> and abandon our desires. So in a short three verses, he outlines a basic treatise for what we call enlightened or servant leadership. I guess the point that I'm trying to get across is that I can execute the last four lines of this verse by developing a spiritual practice. And that spiritual practice is all designed to help me curb my self-centeredness and to reduce the selfishness that I have inherently just by being a human. And so that's what I think we can take away from verses 17, 18, and 19 as it applies to leadership. And of course, we saw that we're leaders in everything that we do. So not only am I benefiting myself, I'm also benefiting others around me. And that'll wrap it up. To summarize my experience with this verse today and considering the principle of leading with simplicity, I thought about two things. Number one is making peace with leaving importance behind. And number two, without that importance, we can act with our natural tendencies in harmony with the Tao.
for the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of leading with simplicity in this verse today. In this verse, Lao Tzu tells us that we can consider the undue importance we place on things and leave them behind us as we practice enlightened or servant leadership. This means avoiding placing undue importance on knowledge and wisdom, considering opinions other than our own on values, and looking towards serving others in a place of being clever and focused on profits. So for this section, I'd like us to consider how we might observe how we're doing the things that Lao Tzu advises against, and how we might work towards doing their opposites. Specifically, let's look at three things. Number one, how we place importance on knowledge and wisdom. Number two, how we feel our values are more correct than others. And three, our attitudes when we're making money. To start us off, I'd like you to consider the people in your life. Just picture for a moment the people you call friends. Now picture the people that you would consider colleagues, maybe bosses, supervisors. Basically, the people you work with. Now let's think about your family members. Kids, spouse, significant others, siblings, parents, or extended family. Can you recall a time when it was important that you share your knowledge with family? Did they need to know a certain thing? Did they frustrate you because you thought that they should know and they didn't care as much as you thought they should have? When was the last time you tried to convince a supervisor or coworker about something? Was that frustrating? Did you silently feel that they were doing you a disservice by not listening? And what about friends? When was the last time a friend asked you for advice? You gave it willingly and they didn't follow it. Was that frustrating? Now that we've loaded these instances, let's take a moment to ask ourselves, why was it important for those other people to know what we thought or to know what we were trying to transmit to them? Would we be willing to consider that it was important, if even partly, that we needed them to acknowledge our position or our know-how? Would we be willing to consider that part of us was doing it to be recognized for our brilliance? Just a part of us. The part that got annoyed when the others wouldn't listen, maybe. Now... Let's think about what it would have looked like if we didn't care if they listened or not. Wouldn't it have been a little less perturbing? <laughs> Wouldn't it have been a little harder to remember? <laughs> I'd like to encourage you to think about the next time that you may have something to share with the people in your life. Perhaps you could deliver the information without needing them to receive it the way you think they should. Perhaps you could detach from the importance of your message. Maybe you can try this out, even if it's only an experiment. So let's look at values now. When was the last time you disagreed with the way somebody thought about an issue? Was it on Facebook? 
Was it on TV or the news? Was it at work? How about at home? I recently had a disagreement with my significant other about finances. I also had a disagreement with a supervisor. My friends have, in the last couple of days, had opinions about things I didn't really like. (laughs) In these instances, I did my best to respect others and their viewpoints. With money thing, I realized that my opinion on finances is mine, and I don't actually need anyone to subscribe to it. Like the same way, I don't need to subscribe to others' opinions about finances. And when I created some space between my opinion and my spouse's, I felt something wonderful happen. I stopped feeling like I needed her to have the same opinion as me. Likewise with my supervisor. I realized that at the end of the day, we're trying to accomplish the same thing. So despite my feeling that I know better, I was able to follow her opinion to be just that. And I could once again concentrate on the mission. As for my friends, they give me a great gift when they disagree with me. They become my teachers. And by showing me different considerations of a viewpoint, I learn much more about an issue and can work with people instead of against them. So during a disagreement, would you be willing to consider what the real issue is at hand and then temporarily suspend the belief that your viewpoint is correct? Would you be willing to consider that the other viewpoint you're considering is also correct? All right, so let's look at business now. Are you doing anything for anyone for which you're receiving compensation? It can be a job, a business, or a gig. The fact that you have a money-making opportunity is wonderful because that means with this person... You aren't spending any more time on developing business. And if you're developing business by making sales or generating leads, can you acknowledge that you have the opportunity to do so? Would you be willing to suspend the idea that the person on your mind is more than a paycheck? That they are a human being looking to you for help? That maybe you can leave them better off if you give them your best? For just a moment, could you make helping them more important than the money they're giving you? In business, that's something that sometimes challenges me because I've got this, I need to make money thing, but at the same time, I realize that when I'm helping others, the money comes as a result of me delivering actual value. So that helps me to concentrate on that. And therefore, I can abandon the cleverness and the profit importance. Thank you for considering these things with me. For me, it's never easy starting out, but I do get better each time I practice. I wish wonderful, fulfilling things for you and your family, your friends, and your coworkers. I wish that you may experience the awesome gifts of enlightened servant leadership as you go forward and lead with a DAO. And that'll wrap up the application section of the episode today. To consider the principle of leading with simplicity, I can think about three things. 
Number one, how I place importance on knowledge and wisdom. And number two, how I feel my values are more correct than others. And number three, I can consider my attitude when I'm making money. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 19. Banish wisdom, discard knowledge, and the people shall profit a hundredfold. Banish humanity, discard justice, and the people shall recover love of their kin. Banish cunning, discard utility, and the thieves and brigands shall disappear. As these three touch the externals and are inadequate, the people have need of what they can depend upon. Reveal your simple self. Embrace your original nature. Check your selfishness. And curtail your desires. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.